I'm delighted to try and buy Shawnee Tobin and Rubor and Limerick. I suppose, Shawnee, we got we got a shock during the week when you announced your retirement, I suppose. Was it a long time coming or was it just a kind of a sudden reaction to the injuries? Uh, I suppose the last couple of years, Jack, it was coming. Um, I wasn't able to train as much. I wasn't able to put as much effort in when I was training. And I suppose the enjoyment levels with that went down as well. So it was a matter of just trying to stay fresh, trying to do as little training as I could and try and be as right for the matches as I could. So, yes, yeah, over the last couple of years, it was coming for me. And unfortunately, this year, I just decided that um, enough was enough. And you obviously announced it during the week. Was that just to the public? Did other people know? Or was that to everyone just letting know this is it? Well, I spoke to our, our own club manager there going back a number of months ago and I said, look, I'm going to leave it a few months, see how I feel, um, see how everything goes. And I spoke to him the other night and then I rang the club captain, um, Dara, and I rang another player, Dermot, and just said, look, lads, I'm, my time is up. Um, I let my family know it in straight after that and obviously let the wider public know as well. I just wanted it out in the open because it was the last number of weeks, number of months, everyone's going up like, well, you play next year, you play next year, you play next year. I kind of just wanted that to be over. I just said, look, I'm getting over and done with one night. It was, it was hard, kind of an hour there, an hour I was just kind of on my own in the car. I made a few calls and I was going into my girlfriend's house in for her father's birthday and I was a bit late for that. So look, I, I just said I'd make the decision um, and that was that. And, and how hard was it just actually to put that tweet out and just to kind of finalise it? I know it's gone through your head, but that actually it's the finality of it all. Yeah, it, look, I suppose I sat in the car, I suppose, as I said, I rang, I rang my people and... I let him know, and then when it actually came to the decision, I did it, and I had a, I had a kind of a tear in the in the car myself. It, like it wasn't wasn't over the top, but it was just a, a quiet a quiet tear, and just that's it, I'm done, and it's actually over. It's it's in writing now, and I've people told, and and that's it. So it's kind of a final closure. And what was the reaction like? I know, obviously, we we're seeing it from the outside. There's a huge reaction on social media, but even I was on the phone, was buzzing all week, just kind of people best wishes and congratulations and such. Yeah, to be honest, I wasn't expecting it. Like, like the only reason I put it on public media again was just so that look, people know, and I won't be probably asked about it anymore. Are you still playing? Just I just wanted people to know, really, and uh, because the last couple of years I've always been asked, like, well, are you playing again next year? Because people knew my situation. Um, the phone was happening. I mean, like, I got phone calls, text messages, current players, former players, friends, you know, from years ago. Lads, I heard it when I first started. People who coached me when I was younger. People who used to bring me lifts to train, and um, and then obviously the wider public as well, like journalists, um, players of other counties. Like, it was just lovely to get them, I must say. And it was, I, like, I was surprised to get so many. Like, the phone was happening for a few days outside in school and my phone was binging. And, like, like, it was lovely to get it, I must say. Like, it was a nice closure to have on it. And one thing I've noticed just from the tweet itself that you've replied, there's a load of replies, and you replied to every single one of them. Like, and it's not something you'd see very often. Was that important for you just to give thanks back? Yeah, absolutely. Like I suppose, look again. It's not often people kind of reach out to you and and give you a nice messages. So I just thought it was it was fair juice for myself just to acknowledge everyone as much as I could, and I hope I didn't forget anyone. Like just to say thanks, thanks very much because it does mean a lot. As I said, I wasn't expecting it, so I said I'd be I'd be obliging to to give a response and 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 where I could have a bit of crack with someone else as well from from times gone by. Yeah, and just before we get into where, what your your next venture will be, your just your career overall, and we'll start with Limerick and. You were knocking around to underage teams with 2011, the year after the strike, you kind of got your break. What was it like to get into the, the senior team at an early age? It was good, I suppose. I wasn't too early in the fact that I played a few years for Skipman Cup as well in, in LIT. I played minor hurling with Limerick. I played three years, 21, so I was well ready for it. Um, I had a lot of experience at that stage even playing with club hurling as well. So it wasn't a case of going in as a fresh 17 or 18 year old in, like with little experience behind me. I was well ready for it. I was happy with what I had done up to that. 
Um, that made it easier. And obviously, I had my two brothers at the start of the year as well there to help me, Kevin and Pat. And I used to look, and again, all the lads that I played with that year in, in 2011 and beyond, like, we're all just very helpful and sound. And we had a good old bunch of lads in Limerick for, for a number of years. And it was an easy setup to be part of. And I suppose, again, I'd just be so thankful to, to Donald O'Grady and all the lads that year that gave me my first opportunity. Like, Donald was a fantastic um, man manager and a coach. And, like, the detail he went into with us after training, during training, down to the basics of hurling. And again, like I'm kind of instilling his approach with my coaching as I'm going forward as well. Like you have to be best at the basics. Like you have to be able to do the simple things right. And with that, you can expand on things and, and, and obviously like get better as well as you go on. So like it was, it was a good start to get. And I think I was well ready at 21 to, to rise to the challenge. And in 2011, 2012, you obviously lose to Waterford by point in 2011 and he lost to Tipperary, who contested three Ireland finals in a row in 2012. Before we get into 2013, could you feel it as a panel that something was building in Limerick Ireland after a lot of years without anything? Yeah, I think so. Like as I said, I think Donald sat down the groundwork for that particular team in 2011. He had a lot of groundwork set up, a lot of defensive work, attacking strategies, attacking play. He bred a lot of young fellas. I think 2012, then the day in Turles was a scorcher of a day. Like we, I think we had the lead for nearly 60-odd minutes of the game. The last couple of minutes, I think uh, they hit us for a soccer punch of a goal. And just knocked us on our backs and like i think that was the day that we really realized that we were up there with the best and we could compete and i think from there on it just gave us that belief and then in 2013 you're against tipperary again it's another scorch for day this time you're at home and you get a goal in the first half and then they hit you back and it, it's not it's kind of a case of is this the same old limerick that just can't get over the line what was different that day in the semi-final I suppose that year, John, John Allen was over, and John Kiley was involved, and, and Donald O'Donnell and Eamon Meskell. And I just think the lads just kept it very simple for us that year. Like they, they kind of let us decide what way we wanted to play, what way suited our game plan. They instilled, this was a defensive work rate in us, which you can see with even John, with the current Limerick team. Like our wing forwards, I think, were Seamus Hickey and David Breen, and they were working incredibly hard, and James Ryan centre forward as well. So like we kind of started the defence from the attack, you know, and I think we had a good groundwork set up there. And like, as I said, I just think the confidence grew from the previous years. We were competitive. We were playing well. We had a good panel. Like, we had Niall Moore to come on. Shane Dowling came on. Conor Ellis came on. Like, there was plenty more as well that were there chomping at the bit to get on the field. And I think just, as you say, that day in Limerick, like, with the weather the way it was, the atmosphere, there was, was 40,000 people or that. It was just incredible. And I suppose for myself to have my late father there as well, the same day when he was sick at the time with cancer, it was nice for him to be there. With, with, like, and have a photo afterwards with my family as well. So that was a special moment for me. And then obviously a couple of weeks later, you're back in the Gaelic grounds. And before we get into that game with Cork, what was the feeling like? Because it was, it was Limerick's first Munster final in six years, but it was one that there was real belief that this Limerick's side were the side they were going to do it. Yeah, again, at home, having the home event, it was nice. We just felt good. We had a great win against Tip. Training went well. Injuries were kind of quite low. And we just kind of said, I think John Allen, when he first met us in the Woodlands that year, 2013, he said to us, like he said, as he said, it's well and good that you play with Limerick for seven or eight or nine years. You can look back in your careers and say, you play with Limerick, you have the jerseys, you did this, you did that. He said, but what have you actually won in Limerick, he said. And that was something that struck out to me as a player at that time. And he was right. He wasn't trying to say it in an insulting way, but he wanted to get his point across. Like, you can represent your, your county all you want for as many number of years, but it really comes down at the end of the day to try to have silverware. And I think he instilled that in us and he got that kind of bite into us. And I think going forward that year, like we were a bit of luck against Clare, we just didn't turn up in this in the semi-final afterwards. Yeah, but that day that day in Cork, you must have felt fairly invincible with the, the Gaelic rounds nearly fully green. 
yeah, it was, it was incredible. I remember driving in the toll road that, that day and down to Condell Road, like, and we probably met earlier in the day, maybe 11 or 12 o'clock it was probably at the time, or I can't remember, it was at one o'clock, but, like, there was thousands and thousands of people streamed up beside the side of Condell Road, parking up, having lunch, having sandwiches, walking to the grounds for the, for the game beforehand. It was just incredible, like, and it, it kind of reminded me of the real olden days of Championship Hurling, where it was knockout and you had 40,000 there every single week. Whereas in, in modern times, there's so many back doors and that whole element of championship was knocked out, but it gave that feeling and it was, it was just special. Yeah, and I suppose in 2014, you got to the Munster final and lost it, but it was kind of rolls versus when you get to the All-Ireland semi-final. And just talk us through that game against Kilkenny in the rain, because it was an incredible spectacle outside of the hurling itself, which was unbelievable on the day, given the conditions. What was it like to play in it? Uh, it, was, it was one of the wettest days I'd say ever played, especially with Limerick. Like, I think before the game, it was quite nice. And just as we went out for a warm-up, it, act, it absolutely poured down. And the game went on. And like that rainstorm we got that time was just... I remember I got a point, like Graham hit the ball across the 21 to me. I saw the keeper kind of made an approach out towards me a bit. I said, right, I had one touch and I tried to flick it over him for a goal. And I'd say it was only like inches away from going under the bar rather than going over the bar. And it could have been a totally different game if that had gone under the, under the bar at that stage. But like, I suppose it suited Kilkenny when they got their goal. The weather went so bad. They just sat back on top of us and no no player could really score from 50 or 60 yards or more that day with that weather at the end. So they just ground out the game and we were just so lucky on, on the losing end. Yeah, one thing I remember from that game vividly is it got so dark all of a sudden and you had a pair of blue boots on you and it was kind of like, where is Shawnee going? You can, you can see the boots and you can kind of see yeah. the end into the slitter and I could see you going for that chip. But he pushed the Kenny all the way. <laughs> they looked faster anyway but I suppose you pushed Kilkenny all the way you had won a Munster the year before there was probably a real belief in the side that you could go on all the way I suppose you weren't the team that ended the famine is there any reason for that? I don't think so really I, I think at that time as well like, like like you mentioned a few minutes ago like there was a golden generation team like Tipperary were a three in a row team like Kilkenny still there competing Clare were a very up and coming team like Clare had a lot of young lads that time and they were fresh they were fit they were strong and they had Obviously, Paul Knirk and Joe O'Connor with them. And you've seen the work that they did with Limerick the first few years as well. So, like, I think we were up against a very elite bunch of, of other teams as well. And then, look, like, only one team can win the, the Lee McCarthy at the end of the year. And sometimes, like, like, sometimes you get the look at the draw, sometimes you don't. I just think we were just a bit unlucky, as well as, suppose, not helping ourselves the other as well with a couple of decisions as well in games. So, yeah, and I suppose then in 2016, you probably, as, as a squad, had failed to build on the two All-Ireland semi-finals, and then you took the decision yourself to step away from the panel. How difficult was that after giving so many years of service delivery? I, yeah, that was a horrible decision to make. But look, again, as I said to the players at the time, and I said to the management, look, I just wasn't fully committed with, with, with what was happening at the time and a few different things, and there was nothing personal in it. I just said, look, I'm not happy, so if I'm not happy, I'm not going to be there training. I said, because we need everyone pulling together the same way. Like, again, as I said, I'm not going to go into it in too much detail. I just wasn't happy with a couple of different things. And I said, nothing personal like that. I just wasn't happy. So I said, I can't be part of a team that I'm not happy in. Like, it was a personal decision, but there was nothing, you know, like I, I spoke to a good number of players before it happened. And I just said, look, this is what's happening. And, and I'm going to slip away, sit here. And, and that was it. Like, yeah, like it wasn't easy to make. But as I said, it was something I couldn't be part of, something that I felt just wasn't right for me. Yeah, but you're kind of vindicated in your decision then when you look onto your club career over the next few years. And obviously, 2017 was a pinnacle for you to win the Premier Intermediate Hurling Championship. We didn't do it the easy way. No, we didn't. Um, so that was, again, it was a tough year. It was my first year without Intercounty Hurling. Um, I was in the Gaeltop at the time of Games, training to be a primary school teacher. So 
I wasn't probably in the best of shape either because there was a bit of crackhead down there. I think Gareth Bland beat us in Bruff in one of the round-robin games, say, and that was the only game we had lost. I think Ger Bradley did a great job with us that year. Um, Ger was a great guy. We got relegated the year before with him. It wasn't his fault. It was strictly down to a couple of different things, like we had a few players injured. We had, you know, things just didn't go our way for a couple of games. We were very close, and we got relegated. But in fairness to him, he stuck by us. He stayed going. And he instilled the belief of, of toughness in us that, that, that I think we needed as a club. And the players rode in behind him. And in fairness, like, we had a fantastic year. And we we drew the first day in the game we should have won. And potentially we came back to Wednesday night and, and won the replay. Yeah. And you had obviously won a month's championship, let's say, with Limerick. But how did that compare? And I know you've mentioned your brothers before and your late father. How did that compare to win with Marubo or such a, a competition? And the Premier Intermediate competition is probably the hardest one to win in Limerick. Like, I suppose, growing up as a child, my dream was to win a county senior with my club because we had the players to do it for a number of years. And again, we just didn't get over the line. Um, so I suppose, look, winning a Premier Intermediate, it's the next best thing. I would never look down on it. Like, it's it's an absolutely brilliant medal. And I treasure it as much, if not more, than my Munster medal because, like, I won it with two of my brothers, Willie and Golds, and Pat was full forward and our captain. Um, I suppose I won it with, with some of my best friends and I won it with the club that I played with since I'm five years of age and that I continue to play with until I was 31. And the club that I'll be part of for the next number of years as well. So on that front, it means a lot more. But obviously as well, like the Munster Championship is probably the second best um, inter-county medal you can win in hurling as well. So like I, I like I treasure them both. I wouldn't pick one over the other. But as I said, like your club always means something special to you because it's where you start and it's where you end. Yeah, and it's, and it's fitting that that's where your career ends. And, and it's nice for players that they, they get to play with their club before, or before they finish. I know it hasn't been the best way for you, but how important was it that you got to play with Maru after you got to play with Limerick? Yeah, it was good. I suppose. Look for like it's never easy. I was I was dropped from the panel after the league in 2017. At the time, I suppose like I personally felt I had something to offer. I was very disappointed. I got let go. It took a long time for it to I suppose settle in the stomach. Like I mean, even the All Ireland final in 18, like watching some of my friends that I battled with for years go up and lift the trophy, like it was bittersweet. Like it was like I tears my eyes up in Croke Park. I was delighted that they won. I was clapping, but yet I was heartbroken inside that I wasn't there. So. Like to go back in 17, then as well, my club uh, after being dropped before all of that happened, like it was nice to go out there, show off my skills again, get on the scoreboard, and help my team win silverware, which which was nice. It, like it was a nice way to finish that year, yeah. And just t- touching on the, the current Limerick team, like what sets them apart because they've obviously two All Irelands now, and you were one of the unlucky few with yourself, Kevin Amani, James, Ryan, Don Grade that missed out in the All Ireland. But what makes this group special? I suppose I think when John and them took over, like and I said, it would be easier for me to come in and criticize them because they didn't pick me and stuff. But like they've done some job on, on, on the players they have. Like I mean, physically they're in great shape, mentally they're in absolutely fantastic shape with Caroline as well. There, like everything is just running smoothly. And I think they've taken away the pressure of like teams go out every year. Like we have to win the Ireland. Like that's a big mountain to climb. Like I think Limerick go out every day and they're just they're kind of they're process based. Like you know, like we have to work hard, we have to get in tackles, we have to do the right thing with the ball. And if you do all them right things, you will eventually win more games. So I think they've kind of taken the pressure off themselves, which has let them be more free. And I think that's the, I just think that's the key ingredient with them. Yeah. And is there anything that you're taking? You've obviously had some brilliant managers in your own time and you've, and you've gone into coaching. You might tell us about that, but is it, are you bringing a, a bit, you mentioned Don O'Grady, are you bringing a bit from every manager you had and trying to make your own kind of set up and layout for a game? Yeah, I think you have to. Like, I mean, like I've worked with some great managers and, and trainers my time. I mean, like even with our own club, like I start off with Tom Ryan, Joe Quaid took over that year. We had Ger Bradley, we had Seamus Gleeson, we had Ger Hegarty, 
Jesus, like even you know, like then you had John Fitzgerald for a number of years. He had our best years with us nearly, and he's trained at Galway now. Like and John was was the fellow who brought me into the number eleven position with the club, and set me on my way really to be like you know to, to be the consistent number eleven for years in my club. I suppose the only thing I, I would have liked would to have had a crack with Limerick at, at eleven, which I got once against Westmead in, in a game where they were playing a sweeper. Now I got three points, but I whipped off after fifty odd minutes, you know, and that was my last year playing with Limerick in Championship. And I kind of said, geez, I would have loved an old crack at eleven. You know, if you play through, like that's where I kind of played my best hurling, really. And I suppose that's one thing I kind of look back and said, I wish I got that, but it wasn't to be. And yeah, look, I think you pick up a bit every off, off everyone. You pick up off players. You pick up yourself from your own mistakes you've made, from things you did well. But I think I've had a fair, um, even LIT, I Davy Fitz for four years. Like, sure, Davy would coach anyone about anything. He'd even show you how to win a, 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 a game of cards and the train. Even like, you know, he was he was a beauty. Like, so I think you learn from them all. Yeah, and just talking about there, your experience as a centre forward, you obviously played in the corner for Limerick, but anywhere you played, even for Limerick or Maroud, there was a big pressure on you to score. Did you feel that pressure yourself, or is it just something you took in your stride? I felt it more of the club, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd be more nervous for a club game than I would before any intercounty game, because I, I suppose I felt like I was the key man for a club for many years, like I was the free taker as well, like you have to hit them over because they're a free ball. Like, I mean, I suppose I'd win a fair share of frees in games. i take a bit of punishment in a lot of games, which... You had to, you know, like you had to prepare yourself for it because it was going to be sixty minutes of of torture sometimes, you know, like with fellas watching you and like they'd be out to try and give you a nice one. And I suppose the last couple of years I had a couple of nice injuries from uh, a couple of different teams, so it was uh, look. But at the end of the day, when you see fellas doing that, to you, it actually spurs you on more, and it's it's great. And I'm trying to instill that in the fellas, you know, that I'm coaching well at the moment, kind of say, like you know, have a bit of pride in yourself. Fellas hitting you, like you're obviously doing something right, so. You try and soak in all them things and you try and express it in when you do get the ball. You know, I think that's a, a good way to look at it. Yeah, and you're obviously in McCroom now coaching. How's that going for you? Good. Yeah, we have our first match tonight. We're playing their local rivals, Brewery, which I would have played for, I played against them, geez, many times years ago. We always had great, great battles with them on and off the field. And, you know, it was, it was good times. And I just hope that uh, that we can have a good year with Croom now, keep the numbers up, keep coaching them on the basics, and hopefully we can get a nice game going with them and, and have a long year. Yeah, and, and is that that's something you want to keep going with? It's not just to keep it ticking over after retirement. It's something that you, you see long term, the coaching and managing. Yeah, I love it. Like I suppose the last couple of years, I knew I wouldn't be playing for much longer, and, and I was kind of thinking, will I get involved? And last year, I was lucky enough to get involved with, with Smith O'Brien's and Clare in the intermediate championship. Like we lost the county semi final after extra time by only a point, and the week before, we had to play the county quarter final, and we won after extra time as well. So like the boys put in a massive effort that day. And it was a game we probably could have won and probably should have won, but but we didn't. Like it was came down to like we missed a penalty and they got a first shoot to the goal near the end of normal time and it kind of it was ebbing and flowing both ways and they just happened to, to win by a point. But so this year then I got involved with the local team in Croom and again I must say like the boys have, have started off very well, they're training hard. Like they're like there's a massive club there in Croom and like massive tradition, like great horrors in the past with all the Cahills, Peter Lawler, Stephen Lucy. You know, like Conor Ellis played with me as well in the 13. Like, there's massive players there, and it would be great to get them back up the ranks again, closer to senior hurling, if, if I could. You know, and the best look with Croom. But just before we finish, there's a few questions I just wanted to ask you just from your time, and you can answer yeah. from a club aspect and a county aspect, whichever you prefer. But where was your favourite venue to play for either side? Favourite venue was the Gaelic Grounds. It was like it was it was your home. Um, it was your big pitch in Limerick, like it was your home. And when you were a young fellow, you're in primary school, you're playing your East Limerick games there, your Mackey Cup games, 
like that was your home from a young age in terms of the big pitch in Limerick. So the Gaelic grounds, yeah. So the Crow Park doesn't compare to the Gaelic grounds. Not really, no, no. I've had, <laughs> I won, I've had my two best days in the Gaelic grounds, and I think that's where you always remember, yeah. Yeah, home of where the heart is. I suppose um, toughest opponent in training for Limerick will start with. For Limerick, um, I would say, I'd say Tom Condon. And for most of it, but I, I did train against Sean Finn the year I was dropped, and maybe he's the reason I was dropped. He was um, a natural beast. Like he's, he's faster than anyone. He's fitter than anyone. He's stronger than anyone. Like he's, he's an absolute tank altogether. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, no, no one compare with Sean Finn, yeah. but Tom Condon, you didn't have it easy Tom, from start to finish. Tom, seven, Tom had a couple of bruising encounters on, on occasions, but yeah, all good after that. Yeah. And then in, in the club game, who's the toughest opponent you up against in the, the Limerick Championship? In the Limerick Championship? Um, or can anyone keep up with you in the Limerick Championship? I used to find, yeah, I think who I played more than once now as well. Um, so if you can't think, you can't think. It could be, it could be Sean Finner or Tom Condon again. No, I never played him in, in Championship. Jesus, I don't know. Would it be? Dermot Burns, even for a while, he was tough enough to mark. He was tough, like, you know, you wouldn't get, you, like, you wouldn't get an easy ball off him. So... Uh, yeah, we say Burnsy for now, but again, it was only a couple of occasions we'd have played. Like, but yeah, um, I suppose favorite game for club and county. I suppose it's fairly obvious you've mentioned two already, but yeah, the club game would be, I suppose, the, the two county finals. Like, they were both special. Like, you know, even though we didn't win the first day, it was our first county final together as that team, and, and it was my first county final, I suppose, Premier to meet it. Like, uh, that would be them two of the games. Like, and obviously, even in fairness, like, we played on the Sunday again in the Munster quarterfinal against Kilmaley. And like that was unreal as well to go out to Cusick Park and Innes with your club in a Munster Championship game. Like, and again, we lost after extra time by a pint, and we had a goal chance for a couple of minutes ago, and we didn't take it. So, like, that game could have been won as well, and that would have been a hell, like, a hectic seven days of county final, county replay, and Munster quarter final. And we lost by a pint again. Like, so I think them three days for the club were, were special. And for Limerick, yeah, I think like the Munster final it has to be there. Like, even the semi final, I suppose, getting a goal against Tape in the Munster Championship was special. And that's kind of set us on our way in that game as well. And I think them two days were, were, were special for us, yeah. Um, and I suppose the, the best player you played against, so not necessarily you might have to have marked him, but the best player you shared the field with for the county. Against him, is it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Just a few there. Well, like we were supposed to play Kilkenny in, fourth in, in 2012 as well, and, and King Henry was playing, like, so Henry was something special. TJ Reid, like, Richie Hogan was one of my, I suppose, idols growing up as well. He was... Couple years older, but he was just class as well. Like so, I think those three like would be would be up there. And just on them, you are you're as a forward. Like, do you find yourself standing back and watching them when it's the other end of the field if the ball is way away from you, or can you get that distracted in the game? You wouldn't really. Sometimes, you, like more after the match, like you wouldn't really even know who scored for them, or you know, you'd kind of you'd be so engrossed nearly and just concentrating your own game and saying like even trying to like if something went wrong, you might be trying to get it right in your own head, like to, for the next spot, make sure it's right. So. A lot of times we pass you by, like a lot of it's far down the field because you're 100 yards away or that for 100 meters away from fellas. So, like, you wouldn't, sometimes you would, other times you would, like, you know who it was, but yeah. And I suppose finally the best player you played with, so it could be a club county or just the best player you played with on a team. Well, I, I suppose I split into two. I suppose the best club player I played with would be my brother Kevin. Like, and Pat mightn't be happy or Willie mightn't be happy, but <laughs> Kevin, I suppose, Kevin wasn't too dissimilar to myself. Like, Kevin would have played wing back, centre back. Midfield, centre forward, wing forward, full forward, corner forward, all throughout his career. He would have been the free taker for years, sideline cuts, left side, right side. If he didn't play well from Rue Bohr, generally we wouldn't have played well, um, which was a, a big thing, you know. 
So I'd look on him in terms of the club and with the county, the best player I played with. Ooh, again, it's 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 hard. Like, I mean, like the likes of Wayne Mack, like he'd throw everything. You know, Gavin Mann, he was a lovely hurler. You know, Stephen Walsh in the corner. I got I like I got a great Walsh. Like I loved what he did in there. You know, Nicky Quaid. Like I met Nicky a week or two ago. Like I've never seen Nicky Quaid make a mistake. Like, like yeah. and goalies don't get the credit that they deserve. But like if I was to say on consistency alone, Nicky Quaid would probably be the best player I played with because. I can't remember him making a mistake in the championship game. Like, a puck out is fine. A couple of them can happen. But the man has never made a mistake, like, of note. And I think in 18, it just showed his his skill set, like, with that block on um, James Harrity. Like, like that won Limerick the All-Ireland that year. Like, and I just think, like, goalies don't get the credit that they deserve. And I think he deserves that. Yeah, he does. And he's definitely, he was definitely long over, over to an All-Star. Yeah. So it's nice to hear someone give Nicky that credit he deserves. Yeah. Um, like it's just not it's just not seen that goalies get the same credit like and that's their position on the field and if they let in a ball into the back of the net all the work off field could be could be over and Nicky doesn't do that that's a, that's a nice way to finish it but for you anyway Shani it was it was an absolute pleasure to watch you throughout your career um, it was unfortunate the way it ended but you have you have your club medal and you have your county medal too the, the finest medals you can get um, many thanks for talking for me and best of luck with Croom and whatever team you join up with the future thanks very much Jack appreciate it thank you